Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. I'm sitting in again with Brothers Lynn and Brother E.K. This has come out of her, my people. Topic is unity is simple when you realize you need each other. Unity is only difficult for those who don't get that principle. And then another thing is we as a people use really small and minute things to keep us uh, divided. So we divide ourselves with our philosophy, our religion, or what have you. One of my life heroes is Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi. And we made this movie, Gandhi, and I learned about him when I was very young. And when I was young, my heroes were Martin Luther King and Gandhi. And the reason why I got turned on to Gandhi is because Martin Luther King was like, I'm following um, something that Gandhi set precedence as. Now, you know, I might have my slight differences even today, which is I'm not with the idea of allowing people to beat you. and um, you know, when the scriptures talk about turning the other cheek, it means don't give it back to them in the way that they gave it to you just because you had a power to do it. So it was more of diffusing a confrontation than running from it. That's not the idea, or, or self-defense. That's not the idea behind what the Christ meant. It's not that you are going to cowardly stand down and refuse to defend yourself. Or even if you're not a coward in doing it, you just don't stand there and just take a beating for the sake of taking a beating. It's just it's, don't give it back to somebody just because you got the power to do that. That's, be, that's the thinking behind what he said. Anyhow, unity is simple when you realize we all need each other. What I'm saying about Gandhi, Gandhi stood up in front of a country of his brothers and sisters he was an attorney, so he understood law, and he left riches. He was making a whole lot of money. Um, he was very well off, and then he started looking at the plight of his people, and his people were divided between Muslims or Muslims and Hindus, and then there were some Buddhists and Christians. But he stood up, they were largely Muslims and Hindus, but there were Buddhists and Christians there. And he stood up in front of all his people and he said, listen, we're going up against the British Empire. They're not coming down on us because you're Muslim or Muslim or Christian. They're coming down on us as one whole. We are all Indian. 
They're coming down on Indians. So we need to unify. And they unified. And they defended themselves to the best of their ability. Now, the British Empire gunned a lot of them down, a lot of defenseless Indians down, but that's because of the philosophy. Now, my point is, look at the fact that they were able to unify despite religious affiliation. Same thing goes on in China. China is largely Muslim. Um, There are Buddhists. There are Christians. There are even Hebrews there. But China is unified. Everybody else on the planet has it in their mind that unity doesn't um, mean that because we have differences in certain walks of life that we can't come together. Unity means that it doesn't matter the things that we do have in common, particularly bloodline, particularly heritage and treatment. That's what we need to focus on. Brother Lane, the floor is yours. Islama, thank you for uh, inviting me to return and uh, continue to uh, share with this dialogue, which I think is very, um, very important to the upliftment of our people. You know, one of the things that you said, um, I want to respond to one of the things that you said as far as, uh, you know, other bodies of people having no issue with uniting, you know, irrespective to, you know, minor differences that they may have. I mean, to me, that that's really just speaks to the fact that, you know, our people, you know, we really are dealing with, with some serious uh, psychological issues because, you know, even in the face of this adversity that we experience on this said land, you know, the, the way we're being uh, mistreated to a great deal um, and, and even the way that, you know, we're, we're conducting ourselves, it's like it never dawns on anyone that, you know, maybe the reason why we're so easily, uh, you know, picked off, so to speak, is because in all things we tend to want to go it alone. You know, it's like this uh, kind of like a crab mentality where most most of our people act as though their quote-unquote success is a mutually exclusive event to their brother uh, actually succeeding. And for me, it's just it's, it's sort of difficult to, um, you know, wrap my mind around that because, you know, the thing is, is even if you look at it from a standpoint of, of government and self-government, you know, even if you look at it, you know, from a from a perspective of trying to really uh, adhere to what we have in the, um, you know, in our Constitution from a standpoint of commercial laws, you can't carry out any of that stuff as an individual. You know, I mean, there are very specific directives that tell you what you can do and what you can't do with your brothers, with foreigners what have you. And the thing is, is that, you know, all of that 
can be um, conducted under specific protections um, that are only afforded to um, bodies of people. You know, when you're when you're operating uh, as a body politic. So, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it's high time that you know we we started to really uh, profess and really uh, elaborate on the greater, I would say the greater uh, achievements that can be had from us putting aside our petty differences and uh, coming together, you know, in a show of unity on multiple fronts, you know, commercially, um, unity uh, around a particular culture, um, you know, we don't we don't even necessarily need to uh, agree on some of the more some of the things that more of us are passionate about um, regarding identity. But I would say, at the end of the day, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So you know, we need to recognize that, and we need to build on that. And I yield. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. That was beautifully put. Brother E.K., the floor is yours. Hello, brother. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, unity is really simple. You know, um, I think it's it's a matter of, as uh, Brother Priest alluded to, putting our differences aside, our philosophies aside, and deal with what is the current situation, like, Irrespective of people's background, particularly our people, we still are fighting the same problem. We're still fighting the experience, the common experience of mistreatment of our people nationally. Um, I mean, it 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 still transcends our own individual philosophy, and it's like our leaders, our so-called leaders, have made it so where we just have more intellectual arguments than ever of modern or recent times. And it's not even like you're having these debates or arguments as to finding solutions. It's more about attacking each other's doctrine as to why that one doesn't work and that one doesn't work, rather than taking what everyone is proficient at and putting it on the table and seeing where the viable solutions exist. And like what Lynn said, like, we can't do these things by ourselves individually. So we have to really grow up and really look at the bigger picture because at the end of the day, we have children that are looking at us as examples. So whatever we're doing, they're seeing exactly how the template is set, is set in stone for them to follow. And if we're going to be doing some of the irrational behaviors, of, you know, putting our brothers down and sisters down. And like Auckland just mentioned about, you know, really being envious of another brother or sister's success, not really supporting the cause of someone's, you know, uh, advancement. You know, we shoot ourselves in the foot 100% of the time, you know. And whether we believe in these scriptures or not is irrelevant because at the end of the day, you know, your only solution is to really govern yourself with your own body as a people. I mean, 
if people look at this, and I often, you know, would, would always think about this, for example, the Chinese, right, in every major metropolitan city, or at least most metropolitan cities in America, there's a Chinatown. There's a Chinatown. Here in Boston, Massachusetts, on the Orange Line, which is one of the uh, train routes that travels throughout Boston, there's a Chinatown stuck on the train line. In this said government, there's a China stop on a train line. Now, people have to think about the depth of how serious that is because what are they doing that other bodies of people are not necessarily doing? I mean, Caucasian people are already doing it. Indians are already doing it. Ishmaelites, Arabs are already doing it. Our people are the only ones that are not doing it. They're on this land. They have the same resources, the same opportunities, but yet they've figured out a way to circulate their resources amongst each other. Come to your neighborhood, take your dollar, put it back in theirs. And then you're just here complaining about why there's no this, there's no that. You're complaining, you're pointing the fingers, but it all starts with you. You don't hear drive-by shooters in the Chinese neighborhood. You don't see them on the 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock news at night about someone getting shot up in their neighborhood. They have unity. They have cohesiveness. They have camaraderie, something that we lack. And everybody on this planet knows that the way to survive is through your own bodies of people. Even animals know this. Insects know this. Plants, for God's sake, know this. You can't penetrate a body of people if they're cohesive and moving as one. You can't do it. You don't know who's in charge. Everyone is operating as if someone is not uh, is not there. So someone in next to life can pick up the torch and, and, and carry the movement. But our people, we want to be the one on the front line. We want to be the one that has most of the attention, which is why we always get shut down all the time, because they know that that's how easy it is for us. We want the attention. We want the glory. I fixed it. I did it. It was me that did it. It was me. Better than we. You know, People who should really be examining Michael Jackson's song and, and all the other uh, uh, artists at the time that were singing, We Are the World. So if our people want to have a shot at really understanding how to really operate as one and not worry about the mistreatment that's going on around us or affecting us, put the doctrines aside and just deal with facts and what is really going to help, you know, circumvent a lot of the impoverished uh, conditions that we're continuously facing. So it becomes simple, but it really goes against the grain if if we're not going to humble ourselves and do the real work that are you. Yes, sir, brother. And then put some things on my mind because, you know, as Hebrews, I want to deal with this point, but I also don't want to let us leave out this other point, which is how we can collectively unify. But I want to deal with this uh, individual point. As Hebrews, when I was coming up, I saw a lot of Hebrew camps. And, you know, that they became um, disenchanted with the idea of being part of these groups and camps. Our people as a whole, when they join groups and camps, they become 
disenchanted with it for one reason or the other. But sometimes it's jealousy and envy. Sometimes it's wicked motivations to begin with um, on some uh, party's part. But here's the one thing I want to point out. I became aware of some of our people that have rebelled from the idea of being part of a collective group because of their disenchantment with whatever party they were with and, you know, whatever happened. But the idea is a matter of protocol. And here's what I mean. If even birds, bees, flowers, plants, grass, trees actually operate in unity, now you can you can look at it like let's look at a lion's pride. Okay, two different lion's prides might not get along. That's understandable. But the lion's pride itself gets along with itself. But what has happened to our people is you take one lion's pride and it won't get along with itself. It's a civil war. And now they've rebelled against all organized bodies of people because they've been disenchanted. Now, you must have protocol. But I'll give you an example of what happened to Hebrew camps. A lot of them started off in young ages, like in their 20s, their early and mid-20s. And they had not yet developed a particular type of self-control, self-discipline, and just overall spiritual development. And they were young and, you know, even with the Black Panthers, they were young and, you know, the Black Panthers were organized to a great degree, but there was some some, uh, dissatisfaction going on in there. The youth alone made these people so hurt they have turned away from organized bodies. And I want to stress that birds fly in flocks. They naturally know how to fly in a flock. There's always a leader in a bird flock. But if you really look at these leaders of a bird flock, Sometimes they're patriarchs, sometimes they're matriarchs, but sometimes it's democratic in the sense of what you all out there think is democratic. What I mean is they take turns leading. I'm talking about birds. (laughs) And it's organized and respectful. Floor is yours, Brother Leonard. So... In my my uh, searches on the internet today, I was doing some research and I came across a a thought for today on uh, the BlackSeedDiet.com website, and it says that nature is a system of order. Wherever there is order, there are rules. So I felt like that was a great um, a great point to make as relative to the, the topic. And, you know, I just want to say something about organization and rules. Like, you know, all of, all of these things work together. And 
it's not a it's not a coincidence that a lack of self discipline, a lack of spiritual growth and development is a precursor to anarchy and chaos and disorder. And the thing is is that you know, a lot of times and I know like in my experiences, you know, my I think I said this before, you know, my background like, you know, most of most of our listeners and and I would would venture to say most of uh our member citizens within the nation is, is Christian. And one thing that always irked me as a child, um, going to or attending a church in in uh, in Florida, you know, we we'd, uh, we attended a church in St. Augustine for for years, and on the way to that church, you know, it was in, you know, it was across the tracks, as they as they say, so. <laughs> Attending this church, um, on the way to it, like on the same street, we passed by six other churches before we got to the church that we attended. And then on the other side, on the same street, on the other side, there were also two more churches. So within maybe like a three to four mile square radius, there's like eight dead black churches in this area. Now, the significance of that is is that there's only so many people that are in that area to begin with. I mean, not, not a lot of most, – most folks were local. We, we were, um, because of, uh, you know, certain obligations, we weren't local. We actually drove down there. But most folks were local. So the thing that always bothered me was, you know, and even as a young kid, it's like, well, why – isn't there just one large church and everybody attends the same church, you know? But the thing is, is, you know, we got to understand that, you know, without proper instruction and without self-discipline and without, you know, being educated as to, you know, where your power truly lies in, in any, any pursuit that you engage in, be it religious organizational, or what have you, there is always going to be a, a dissipation or a divestiture of power when you cannot rally and unify around leadership. It's the same thing as, you know, conceptually, it's the same thing as being struck by a fist versus being struck by open-hand slap. You know, which which one is going to be, uh, you know, more effective, and and especially from a standpoint of of defense, because you know, let's face it, you're not out here on an actual battlefield, so to speak, uh, you know, waging uh, war, but you are in a sense because commercially, our people are getting pummeled. You know, we oh, economically, you know, we're 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 losing <laughs> you know we're losing um you know we're being decimated out here uh on this battlefield and you know to uh my brother EK's point the reason for it is that you know everybody wants to be the man you know what i'm saying i mean nobody wants to be a contributor 
everybody, you know, has a has a complex where they want to be the one that's looked at as being the savior. You know, but the thing is, is that, you know, even if you go into, uh, you know, our history, um, and not even, you know, just our history, I mean, we can look at some of the more recent uh, revolutionaries like Fidel Castro. You know, their movement was a movement of the people. Anytime you look at, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, governments that are, um, you know, worldwide, you know, they're not local to the United States. There's always a movement of people. You know, the people come together for their collective good. That's that's the whole purpose of this concept of commonwealth. You know, everybody's a contributor. You know, everybody shares in the wealth. And that is really uh, best uh, practice and best expressed amongst those that um, have various uh, natural law attributes that they can rally around, same culture, same history, same identity, same pedigree. You know, and the thing is, is that you don't see a better example of or, or framework of how to actually implement this you know, outside of the scriptures. The scriptures give you the the, blue, the, blue, the blueprint, you know. The scriptures give you, you know, your marching orders. And you don't even have to look at it, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, being religious. You can be religious. You can you cannot be religious. But at the end of the day, I think that there's, you know, on, on our part, you know, we should have, you know, more tolerance for, specific, I would say, questions of, of faith. You know, everybody is, is on their own path, you know, spiritual path, what have you. They're, everybody's um, moving along um, with their own growth and development at their own pace. But there are certain things, there are certain needs that you have as an individual living soul that really transcend uh, your, your belief system. You know, you need food, you need shelter, you need clothing. You need to be able to defend yourself. I don't care what your walk of life is. I don't care what your belief system is. Those are four basic natural law requirements that that must be addressed. And so I think that, you know, if we start looking at our situation more so from uh, a standpoint of, uh, survival, um, and more so from a standpoint of trying to rally and come together around mutually aligned interests, I'm willing to bet that, um, you know, we have more in common um, than things that, uh, you know, are, 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 not, are not common. So um, I'll yield on that, brother. Shalom. Praise the Lord. Brother E.K., floor is yours. Well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, protocol, order, that's really how things get done. I mean, there's no way around that. You know, and it's like I use an example with sports. You know, for example, like uh, basketball, football, the most successful teams are the ones that play together. There you may have somebody that stands out as a leader, 
But ultimately, that leader is not above his or her team. They operate as one. Everyone knows their position. Everyone plays it to the best of their ability. And they all make a 100% equal contribution to a greater whole. So you will never have to experience a deficit because you never have to rely on one individual trying to carry the team or her team. And like, you know, Brother Lynn was saying, like a lot of our people, you know, have a God complex or a Savior complex where they feel as though they need to uh, be the one to have all the answers figured out, you know. And it, it doesn't matter, like, at the end of the day, we're all trying to, you know, have a better have a have a better future for our people, and it's like, I mean, the more the sooner we realize that our own selfish individual selfishness has to like be discarded, because now more than ever, like you can't you have to rely on your own people, you know, if you if you want that community that we so desperately desire. We're going to have to pull our resources together. And the only way you do that is you have to start loving your brothers and sisters once again. You have to be honest with them. you got to trust them. And I think there's, like, this lack of trust, this lack of disenchantment, like Brother Priest was just mentioning, that pretty much, you know, shies people away. You know, for whatever reason, maybe they have negative experience from other groups of people that may have cheated them for whatever the case, but... Ultimately, you know, you have to, you know, always look at it and say, if other people can do it, why can't we do it? We're the only ones that are always, you know, forgiving of other people stepping on our toes. And they don't have a problem doing it. You know, and I will, and I will almost say this. It may be a little bit extreme, but I'll, I'll say this. For our people in particular, the Israelites, right, whether people think they are or not is besides the point at this point. But what I'm saying is if we look at Donald Trump's presidency, you can say, yeah, he has all of this notion about his antics. But fundamentally speaking, he's trying to nationalize a country where it's done for us by us because he's feels as though there's other nations taking advantage of the resources that America generates. So how come our people don't follow the same concept? It should be a sign that we should do the same thing for our own people. I mean, why not? You know, we're giving them free labor by resorting to this drug violence and this gang violence. We go to their prisons, we populate it, and we serve them in that aspect. We, at best, don't want to build our own civilizations. We don't want to get in the technical fields as much, the engineering fields as much, the mathematical fields as much. We think entertainment is the only source of our empowerment. You, it's, it's okay to, to have the balance, but that shouldn't be the only means. So we need to identify people who really have our people's best interests at heart, who have skills and trades, that regardless of their individual philosophies or background, but their heart is for the betterment of our people. We can worry about the other stuff later. Because case in point, when something happens in this government, 
say it be a flood or tornado or a hurricane, they're not rallying about whose philosophies is better than who. They're worrying about how do we make sure that we can get rid of the excess flood and make sure that their families who are displaced, that they got momentary shelter. They worry about the philosophy later. That's a short-term, that's a, that's a long-term thing. Let's deal with the short-term fix right now. We'll worry about the differences later. So if we think about that from that standpoint, from a short-term and long-term strategy on how to deal with each other, it makes it much easier to put our differences aside. Because ultimately what is this going to come down to is it's just going to trace back to one place anyway. So we're just wasting our breaths trying to debate each other about useless things. And at the same time, you know, there has to be a protocol. We have to humble ourselves. There may be somebody that may be more proficient than you in a particular subject matter. That doesn't mean they're better than you. It just means that take it for what it's worth. Think of the proficiency, the efficiency that that is. Not the fact that I'm better than you, I have this body of information, and I have it figured out, because that's not how it works, you know. So I think, you know, if if we really want to be able to, you know, have a viable future, you know, like Auckland just summarized, like, you know, food, clothing, shelter, and defense, those are the four areas that we should be focusing on as a people. We'll worry about the other stuff later which is going to secure us long-term, but let's figure out how we can make that our commonwealth, those four elements as our commonwealth, and then we can worry about the things that matter later. And so that are you. Praise the Lord. You know, that also is going towards the second point I wanted to make, why is it that it's such a difficult task for us to unify? And to tag along with that, how do we identify with those that we should unify with? Why is it so difficult? Well, when you have people that don't really have the wherewithal to know what it means to unify as your leaders, then there's going to be a problem. But then when you have narcissistic leaders, there's also going to be a problem. One legitimate reason for why we don't unify is because I can speak for myself, and I know probably most of us think this way. None of us wants to unify with somebody that we don't believe comprehends basic things about who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, what your history is. Most of us probably want to shun away from those types of people. But here's the here's where you could unify in that. How about unifying in agreeing to disagree? That's a form of unity. You don't agree with this other camp. Okay, let them be. Let them live their life. Don't mistreat them. Don't slander them. Don't talk behind their back. Let them do what they're doing. You stay in your lane. Let them stay in their lane. That's a unity that we can have. Now, there are people like Dr. Khaled Muhammad that I, that I feel like was a hero for me. But I didn't agree with what I think he was as a racist. 
Now, I love that man. But that's like having a father that you didn't agree with some of the things that your father did, but you still love your father. Okay? Sometimes that happens. But if it came down to it, I know Khalid Muhammad would defend us, and I know that he loves us, and he would defend us against enemies of foreign nations, and I know that he would defend us against any people, including our own, that will come against us. So from that perspective, although I believe he was racist, I believe I can unify with such a man when it comes down to defending our people. Simple as that. Now, nobody wants to to unify with crack abusers, drug abusers. You don't want that in your space, and they probably don't want you in their space trying to convince them not to do the things that they're doing. But, again, there's unity in agreeing to disagree, respecting one another, not slandering, backbiting, and all of that. Brother Lynn, the floor is yours. Yeah, brother, to, to you know, piggyback off of, you know, what you just said, the another major issue why our people can't unify is, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, two sides to the same coin. I mean, the people are, you know, for all intents and purposes, the people are spiritually dead, and, um, you know, the ego has just run so rampant until, you know, in, in our day-to-day, we cannot really see past in our day to day, we cannot really see past, um, you know, making decisions that are for our sole benefit. Wherein, you know, the 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 mark of uh, someone that you know actually um, has been enlightened on, you know, things such as like nationalism and, uh, you know, trying to uh, bring together uh, the spirit groups for uh, for mutual benefit is looking at a situation like I will give you a really, a really good example you have a situation in front of you where you can maximize the benefit for yourself versus getting to a place to where the benefit is I would say acceptable while also distributing that benefit amongst those that are around you. See, so, so that, that really like is, is a, a question of, um, you know, selfishness, you know what I'm saying? Because again, it's like the mind state is um, I can't achieve, I can't, uh, you know, get out here and do the things that I need to do um, while at the same time empowering my brother. You know, it's like we're just sort of conditioned to have a, uh, uh, to operate based on a paradigm of mutual exclusiveness, you know, and that's something that, you know, we really, we really have to get away from. You know, I would say, you know, fundamentally, you know, you don't want to really unify with the wicked, you know, 
you 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 want to definitely uh, try to build with those that are civilized, you know, those that are reasonable, those that are uh, uh, logical. I think that you know, in any of those situations, it's a it, it's really um, somewhat of a competency hearing for you to be able to look at a situation and not really like hold it against your brother because you you may not see eye to eye with him on everything. But the thing is, is, I mean, you know, let's face it. Some of these differences we have are petty, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like, you know, some of these differences are a lot of the differences that we have are immaterial. And like I said, you know, you get so mad and pissed off, you go out and stop and, and, Start a whole, start another church, you know what I'm saying. You go out and start another mosque. You know, you may go out and start another nation because you have not arrived to the point of of really comprehending that the way that we, um, you know, change, you know, this life circumstance collectively is through our spiritual growth and development. And sometimes it's it's appointed for you to actually be a follower. Sometimes it's appointed for you to actually be a student. You know, I mean, you 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 have to, you know, to be authoritative, you have to recognize and 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 submit to authority. You know, because that's, you know, that's the, you know, that's the path in life. You know, nobody came here being a leader. I mean, you go through uh, your grooming. You know, you go through your rites of passage. Um, you know, particularly particularly with your body of people. Um, you know, and it's an it's an unfolding uh, that occurs over time. But you know, in summary, I, I would just like to say it, it's really time out for having these dogmatic uh, viewpoints where you know you villainize and you you break people down because you don't like the way they dotted their i, they crossed their t. So you know, you want to cause a you, you want to cause a schism because of that it it is a it is a it is a uh, a test of competence to be able to look at a situation and to be able to separate the wheat from the chafe meaning that you know these are differences that i may not necessarily agree agree with but i'm not going to let that cloud my judgment and i'm not going to let that be an obstacle um to us accomplishing something greater, I think that's uh, you know that that that's where we need to move uh, towards. Um, period, and uh, I'll yield on that. Praise the Lord, brother. EK, floor is yours. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Um, you know, scriptures talk about you know don't be unequally yoked unbelievers and you know and stuff like that and the believers of just the betterment of our people the overall betterment of our people you know that's who we should be you know equally yoked with those who are trying to bring out the betterment the light of a of a community and if we really uh you know if we just really you know it's it, it it becomes very simple, you know. It it, it becomes very simple. I, I, you know, it's just it's just 
Oedipus complex people have. You know, it's it's like it's the ego, it's the false sense, it's 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 a lot of combination. I almost would say like, you know, it goes back to, you know, who you're really trying to serve at the end of the day, most high is Satan. And it's like Satan it's not in the best interest of Satan for people to unify. You see, when you operate in a segmented fashion, it makes it easier for various doctrines to spring up in various confusion. Just like Brother Lynn just mentioned, why was there so many different churches when you're all talking about the same thing? You're either talking about the same guy that existed. You guys are still, you know, we're still trying to figure out who we're trying to worship. So why do you need different churches to do that? Why can't it just be one? Okay, you don't may not agree with what's being preached or talked about or reason with it, right? Why there has to be so many different denominations or sects or splinter groups or whatever trying to do the same thing? You know, every other nation doesn't have this problem. They do not have this problem. And if they do, you won't hear about it. You know, it, it's just, it, it has, it's a, it's a testament to like, I remember just saying our competency, like, we really got to grow up as a people, as a community, you know, and it's like it, it, it really becomes, you know, really simple. Like it, it, there's no more excuse, you know, the blame shifting got to stop, you know, because this individual has this body of information, so therefore I can't reason with him or her. That, that's irrelevant, you know, like what is really the crux of the matter, you know, and it's like, you know, if 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 people if people really think that going through this life and trying to do you know a profound work by yourself and thinking because you know you have a following and and everybody subscribes to you, you run into a whole lot of problems. You know, it's like you create yourself into an idol god almost. No one wants to serve an idol God, but they undeniably do it, you know, unconsciously do it. But even still, like other people say, we don't want there's a certain type of leadership that people just naturally won't gravitate towards, you know, and particularly all of those, you know, people who are like maybe narcissistic leaders and, and uh, you know, people who just, you know, are very, very adamant or very abrasive or aggressive in an irrational way, people don't want to worship that or follow that, you know. So we have to understand, like, the Scriptures really lays out uh, uh, a workable template. You know, people have positions, people have, you know, things that they're supposed to do, things that they're proficient in, and everybody just operates as one. If we're really trying to heed the message that Yeshua the Christ was trying to preach to the people that the body of Christ is one body and everybody is part of that, doing meaning everyone is doing their collective, uh, making their collective contribution, then you can see that. But what about on a basic anatomy level? What if your heart said, you know what, I don't want to pump no more blood in your system anymore? How do you think your veins are going to fail? What if your brain says, you know what, I'm just going to shut off today? Or what if you just stop breathing? What if you just, you know, what if your 
your leg just says, you know what, I don't want to, I want to be amputated today. So now you are at a deficiency. You can't really stand properly. You're, you know, so you're imbalanced. So this organization not being unified, you become imbalanced. And when you're imbalanced, you cannot stand properly to withstand any type of struggle that has to come your way. It will be even easier if if we still didn't even agree on some of the philosophies of whatever we subscribe to individually, it would be easier if at least we agreed upon how to make sure that we can build housing for our people instead of relying on the government to do it for us. It would be easier to do that. At least we can at least we can do that. At least we know we have shelter for our people. At least we have shelter for the homeless people. At least we have some type of you know, cleaning mechanism for the drug deal, for the for the for the drug abusers and stuff like that. At least we have that capability. But this this thing about you know, like I'm better than you, and I can't reason with you because your body of information is outside of my body of information is ludicrous to me. You know, and it, it and it doesn't it doesn't make sense long in the long run. You know, it just adds more problem problems and on top of that our children suffer at the cause of that, at the at the expense of that. And so it, it you know, it's 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 something that I feel like, you know, if we just really just kinda humble ourselves more and more often, these things become easier to deal with. And it doesn't happen overnight, but there are people out here that really are sincere about really the betterment of our people and those are the people you unify with. You know, and if they and if whatever they have experienced or they subscribe to is not the same as what you're doing right now, let that be put to the side momentarily. We'll deal with that later, but let's just make sure that what is the solutions that we got to deal with now? Food, clothing, shelter, defense for our people. You know, so then we can talk about how, you know, things that really matter. But ultimately, we still need a historical point of origin. You know, we need a point of origin to make sure that we are in unison with that. So that still has to be in effect. But still, the things that matter on this, the things that matter pertaining to our community in particular has to have a higher priority than our differences. And, you know, until we can come to that conclusion, we'll keep hitting these roadblocks, you know. So I'll yield on that. Thank you, brother. And in closing, I would just like to reiterate what the brothers are saying. You can unify, and unity is simple. When you realize that you need each other, you just have to unify on the points that you agree with. Now, if you have people that are crooks, liars, thieves, drug abusers, and they're leaders of bodies of people. You don't necessarily want to unify with him. So what you need to look for is not doctoral points of view. Look for basic characteristics. Is this a trustworthy individual? Are they good and respectful? Those types of things. And that's what you can unify on. 
And in that, whether you be church to church, two different churches can work as one. When you focus on those types of things, the characteristics of individuals, rather than doctrine. Now, if doctrine is Satanism or sexual abuse that's different because then you know you can't trust them. But usually the doctrine will go hand in hand. And when I say doctrine, I'm not just talking about religion because that which you're not calling religions are religions, even if they're Black Panthers, even if they're uh, Pan-Africanist, nationalist. They're religions in the sense that they do things repetitively. They do things by tradition. They do things by ritual. So you can unify and you can make it easy. You already unify with the people that you're with. And last point on this, you know how you might have a neighbor or you might have a, your father might have a cousin, a brother, your mother might have a cousin, sister, brother, and you go to family reunions or you might know neighbors and you say, hey, why don't we do a cookout? And, hey, neighbors, sometimes you get together and do things. But what goes on inside of that neighbor's house, you don't really know. You just know that on the outside, it's, it's, they're pleasant, they're respectful. You know enough to sit down and eat with him and cook with him. How about we do that? Simple. Thank you all for listening. Peace and blessings. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.